Shame in the AM on a uh, Thursday morning. That's Eitan Katz. Last night we had the uh, privilege and pleasure of being with um, the distinguished crowd at the uh, annual dinner of the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. And this morning we have the distinct honor and pleasure of welcoming into our studio Professor Jonathan Halevi. He is Director General of Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. He has held that title now for 30 years. And um, for those of you out there who have been following what goes on at Shari Tzedek and take great pride in what happens in Shari Tzedek on a regular basis, Professor Halevi, of course, uh, he probably would not say this. He'd say he's one of the people, but many would say he is the person responsible for the incredible projects and reputation of the hospital. Professor Jonathan Halevi, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Um, I'm going to start this conversation in a very unusual fashion because I'd love to talk about last night's dinner, and we will, and I'd love to talk about some recent innovations, and we will. But I, I was thinking the other day how this terrible earthquake takes place on the border of Iran and Iraq. And I would bet, after the conversations we've had about Israel's immediate response to the world's natural disasters, I would bet you had a thought about what a shame it is that you and your team would not be welcome to help out in that situation. Well, a very original question, I must say. But uh, yes, it did cross my mind a couple of days ago when, uh, when that happened, but was immediately rejected because we would never be invited. I also want to emphasize that um, the reserve duty of my deputy, Dr. Offer Marin, is to be the commander of that hospital. I'm not uh, being uh, over 69. I'm not part of the team, but I had the privilege uh, to be with them running the medical aspects of the hospital in Nepal a couple of years ago, in 2015, in the earthquake there. So, yes, it did cross my mind. I can only tell you that usually when such things happen, like in Mexico, couple of months ago, uh, usually uh, Dr. Marin is on the phone with me immediately. We are going, uh, we are preparing to go. The IDF is considering sending us. I didn't get this phone call uh, this time, yeah. as expected. As expected is right. And it just, it, it begs a larger philosophical question, frankly, which is not our topic for today, but I know you'd appreciate it, that uh, if, if the world would only give Israeli ingenuity, the time and space and peace to deal with these types of issues, things would be so much better, so many more innovations. Well, we told you subjectivity, us as Jews and Israelis, the answer is of course yes, and you can see it on a minuscule, maybe not such a minuscule, in the Syrian border. It's right. a daily thing. We are in Jerusalem, so uh, we saw very, very few with complex issues, but uh, my colleague, uh, Dr. Zarka in Tzfat, in Ziv Hospital, a Druze who runs that hospital, which is so close to the Syrian border, has treated, together with the Naharia Hospital, thousands. We are talking now not about hundreds, but thousands of Syrian refugees, and I would not use the term refugees. They are just a couple of kilometers, severe injuries, inside Syria, and uh, we have many, many grateful patients who are came to the hospitals in Galilee and uh, went back to Syria. Will they be ambassadors of goodwill or ambassadors for peace? I'm not sure, but maybe as the number increase, and I hope it will not, 
because I hope for peace inside Syria as well. Right. As long as Iran is not sitting on our northern border, right. I um, I believe we'll have many grateful patients in Syria. So yes, the answer to your question is uh, affirmative, and we could do a lot more. I do believe that the world recognizes the technology that comes out of uh, Israel. I mean, to mention one, this is Professor Shashua, uh, who's... Um, advanced technology to uh, make progress in the autonomic car arena was sold to Intel for $15 billion, which had significant contribution to Israeli economy because the surplus that we have in our budget this year uh, has to do mainly with the taxes that he paid out of these $15 (laughs) billion. So So you have one example of Israeli technology, and I know that anybody who holds a cellular in his hands, and who doesn't uh, knows that a lot of the gadgets inside that cellular came out of Israel. So we are very proud of that. What about an MRI for infants? Would that be something that would be developed in Israel? It was developed. I know. I'm saying, and we have the first uh, the first prototype installed in our NICU only. Uh, couple of weeks ago. This is what, a Sharitzetic project, an Israel project? What is the It's a joint project. I mean, the technological aspect. We are the beta site for uh, that company uh, Mm. in Israel, but I can only tell you. And it's an Israeli company? It's an Israeli company. When I stood there on the ninth floor of our new next generation building that was built with the help of many of your listeners, and they saw the first very low birth weight baby with his crib put in on a respirator put in the MRI machine, which is probably one-tenth of the size of a regular MRI. And you could see on the camera his face, his smile, and uh, all the vital data being monitored. And we could do an MRI of his brain instead of putting him to sleep and mobilizing him to the third floor of the hospital endangering him in what would be the traditional an, mri machine so, yeah so they exactly. so, so if they needed an mri on an infant that's what they normally it's would have in the center of the nicu the right. neonatal intensive care unit and there was not a dry eye among the 10 people you know the representatives of the company embrace is the name of the machine and uh, dr alona benun who is the principal investigator in sharetzedek a senior neonatologist it was very moving, and since then, we did many more. So it's the first time in the world that if you have to diagnose a brain problem, many times it's bleeding after traumatic birth. So right. bleeding can be diagnosed with an ultrasound, which has been used, it's being used all over the world, and this is no problem. But the MRI is so much accurate, more mm-hmm. accurate, and can diagnose other, other pathologies. You know, what else a pair of parents who have a newborn Sometimes normal weight, sometimes low birth, very low birth weight. And there is a suspicion to a neurological disorder. Just imagine if they can, on the spot, when the baby is a few hours old, exclude it. Or, God forbid, confirm, but they know exactly what's going on and what's the prognosis. It's a major achievement. Well, well, my triplets are 19 years old. I'm trying to think back. If my wife was here, she would tell you all the tests they had. I can't remember exactly, but you're describing the entire mechanism of the baby. Everything that the baby has. Everything that can be diagnosed by MRI. Well, not just, I'm saying differently. In other words, if the baby is in a crib or that entire 
that entire piece can just go with the MRI and not disturb all the because there must be a lot of you know tubes and 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 everything and, can go in. Exactly. It just goes in as yeah. as is and very then, safely and on the spot, being monitored by the neonatologist, can be taken out of right. the machine if God forbid something happened on the spot. Of the How quickly do these major machines develop in Israel? get to other countries. How quickly does it happen? Is there an example you can give this us? this one, I believe that uh, in a year to two years, if we finish, we are doing like the first 50 babies. Right. Half of it are done. We will analyze the results. The initial impression is that it's as good as a regular MRI. If this comes true from this research, I believe that within a couple of years, every NICU in the world will have this machine. And is there a cooperative, I don't know, committee an international committee that looks at these, like we would say the FDA, you know, in this yeah. country, that looks at these machines and course, and, and, and then makes recommendations for governments to purchase them. And for nobody, nobody will buy it without right. FDA approval. FDA and the European Parliament right. Authority. Rabbi Yonatan Alevi is here. He's Director General of Sharit Tzedek. No, not Rabbi yet. Oh, I said Rabbi? You did. Professor <laughs> Yonatan Alevi is Yonatan here. is enough, but Rabbi, no. <laughs> Director General of Sharit Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Some people at the Pinsker Synagogue may say, Rabbi, when they see you, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> last night was an incredible get-together uh, in New York City for the American Committee for Shari Tzedek. I pointed out earlier this morning that it is one of the most uh, across-the-board, diverse crowds of support I have seen at a dinner. Every aspect of the Jewish community was represented. A lot of enthusiasm for Israel in the room. I think it's unique that both uh, both young and the older part of the community are well represented, not just a sprinkling of either, but really well represented, a lot to be proud of. Um, we understand why people in this country and in other areas of the diaspora take great interest in what's going on in Israel, especially when it comes to the IDF, uh, etc. How is it that there's been such an attraction from outside of Israel to the medical situations that are going on in Israel? Well, first of all, I would give the first credit to um, the American Friends of Shari Tzedek, an organization that opened its gates back in 1949, so will be 70 years old in 2019. Right. It's run today by Rachel Wolf that you saw uh, last night. Other key figures, Sharon Goldwyn and Maury Liebman, uh, these are people who made it happen. They were able to continue and really to carry the torch to the next generation. You witnessed yesterday... Yeah. Uh, two young honorees who raised $100,000 through the Bolaton, and uh, we are very proud of that. I do believe that the common denominator of the crowd is that most of them visit Israel, some of them infrequently, some of them very frequently, and they were impressed firsthand that uh, Sharit Tzedek today, and I say it with all due subjectivity, it's the largest hospital in Jerusalem. We are centrally located. Some of them uh, used our services, mostly, thank God, for minor issues. Right. You know, when you're a tourist, uh, you can uh, fall sick, you can uh, fall and break something. And this is the central emergency room in the city of Jerusalem. We uh, have close to 100,000 adults annually, over 30,000 children. It's by far <laughs> uh, the largest emergency room in Jerusalem and one of the largest uh, in the state of Israel. And a similar number, close to 30,000 women coming to our OBGYN emergency room. These are three emergency rooms that are very popular, that raise the trust and confidence of the people of Jerusalem more than ever in the past. 
Don't forget that we opened our gates 115 years ago. But in the last decade, from 2006 to 2016, we doubled every parameter of the scope of activity of the hospital. Number of beds from 500 to 1,000. Number of deliveries within a decade out of the 115 years. Number of deliveries from 11,000 to 22,000. Does your committee know that, that that speaks of expansion? You need, you need larger facilities? They do know, and they also <laughs> want to, I mean, we depended for many, many years on donors in this country, and this is the time to express our hakaratatova, our gratitude. But I want to tell you that with the new money in Israel, we are starting to see many donors. The rich people in Israel live in the Tel Aviv area, most um, prepare to, uh, you know, prefer to give to the hospitals in their vicinity. Right. But if you take even the Mobileye that I mentioned, Aaron Shashua, the creator of Mobileye, who probably will be one of the main contributors to the autonomy car, is a major donor of Sharetzele. We got recently a very sizable gift of many millions of dollars from an Israeli. But Merubim Tzorche Amcha, to build a hospital, I mean, we just built a new intensive care unit, and the cost was $12 million. So, uh, did, they ask, need, did they ask if those contributions go to a specific part of the hospital or a specific project? Some or? of them, yes. Some of them leave it to my discretion. Uh, after 30 years, I think most people <laughs> can uh, trust me, and if I say that the money will be used for development, for capital projects, we try not to use money for salaries. I believe the donor should not pay for salaries. But any purchase, renewal of equipment, uh, this MRI machine for the babies didn't cost us because it's part of right. the research and better side. But to renew our MRI machines, the CAT scan, we are buying now a new CAT scan for the emergency room, and all the equipment that becomes obsolete after 7 to 10 years to start a new department to improve the physical facility. Mm-hmm. We just finished a 72-bed Department of Surgery that attracts patients from all over Israel, thanks to the leaders of this department, and as many of the departments in Charit said that, and this is very important for me to emphasize, we try to recruit the best people in Israel based on their professionalism and personality. And when they come to Charit Sedek, they find a very supportive working environment, and they believe this is our main attraction. We always say that when it comes to hospitals, the the front line is the is the first impression that patients get, and your staff, your nurses, your volunteers, those who are right. on the front lines in the emergency room, do make quite a first impression. Uh, Professor uh, Jonathan Halevi is here, Director General of Sharetzetic Medical Center in Jerusalem. What I'm, I'm just curious, what does an MRI machine cost? I mean, we we're we're talking about how much money when someone wants. Well, to, a regular, yeah, I'm not talking regular about MRI machine. Uh, a uh, regular MRI machine, it all depends. You measure the resolution power, the intensity of How the machine by units, by units called Tesla. The two popular machines are one and a half Tesla and three Tesla. We have both of them. Each one is around one and a half to two million dollars. People have to understand it costs a lot of money to run a hospital and to help people get better. Um, the newest project that we are aware of is a radiation oncology center a precursor to a comprehensive cancer center that's coming down the road. Now, this is, I mean, we've discussed this before. This is something that has come up in our conversations that a tremendous amount of money, resources, and um, and attention is being given to cancer treatment now at Shari Tzedek. What is the update regarding this? 
Well, we try to develop our services according to the needs of the community. There are two processes that lead to it that we see more cancer patients uh, today. Maybe more than two, but the two are very prominent. One is longevity. If you live long enough, uh, you have more chance to develop cancer. Right. The other one is early detection, which is very prominent in breast cancer, prostate cancer. The first one is the most common cancer among women. The second one is the second most common cancer among men, and the other types of cancers are discovered early, and when they discovered earlier, there is higher chance for cure. We are not talking about cancer today as a deadly disease. We can cure many, many of the cancers, and if we cannot cure them, we can prolong life of quality, and actually cancer became a chronic disease. Recognizing these facts, uh, we decided to embark on a comprehensive project for treatment of cancer. Now, there we have now a big oncology unit. The treatment of cancer stands on three legs. Surgery, where we are really leaders. Chemotherapy, where we are also well-known in Israel for many, many of the fields. We just recruited a new breast cancer uh, specialist, Dr. Shani Palov-Shimon, who is joining us in January. And most of, uh, I'll tell you, in the city of Jerusalem, with its one million people, the greater Jerusalem area, there are about newly discovered breast cancers a year, 650 women. Hmm. About 450 of them are treated in Sharet Sedem. The third leg of treatment of cancer, or treatment of cancer stands on after surgery and chemotherapy, is radiation therapy. And uh, we decided, as we do with everything, to build one of the um, you know, largest, comprehensive, up-to-date radiation oncology centers. We already started digging because most of it, the linear accelerators that are delivering the radiation energy uh, has, have to be underground. We started digging. It's a two-year project. It's a $50 million project. Is there a lot of American support for that project? There are, I hope there will be because we just started the fundraising mm. campaign. I can only tell you that we already have what you call an encore donation of $20 million from an Israeli who recognized the fact, who lives in Jerusalem and gave us, but we need uh, another 30, and uh, we hope to fundraise it in the next two to three years and to finish building within two years. That's the plan. I can also add and tell you that the architectural plan for this facility won last week international recognition. In hmm. Sweden, there is an International Academy for Hospital Architecture, and it's won the first medal. And, uh, I would never anybody, think that there's hospital uh, architecture uh, that people pay yeah, attention to. Wow. Uh, and anybody who's interested, I can show you the artist impression Amazing. and the plans for this center. And uh, Is there enough space on your campus for all of this? So that's uh, another thing. <laughs> With our expansion, the city and the government recognize the importance of expansion of Sharit Zedek. There is a governmental decision not to build a new hospital in Jerusalem in the next two or three decades. So it's Hadassah with its two campuses and 1,000 beds, Sharet Tzedek with its two campuses, main campus in Bayit Vagan and right. the smaller where Bikur Cholim was, with its 1,000 beds. These 2,000 beds are to deliver inpatient care and ebulatic care to the people of Jerusalem for the next few decades. So we got all the land around the hospital from all sides, and we do have a hill between those of you who know the campus, between our nursing school and the Herzl Boulevard where the light train goes. 
and that's where we are digging and hoping to complete the Radiation Oncology Center within the next two years with God's help. Unbelievable. Professor Yonatan Alevi is here, Director General, Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Last night, a very successful dinner, Baruch Hashem, in New York. Uh, by the, uh, I'm curious, what percentage of your doctors are native Israelis? Would you know? Well, from year to year, they compose more. When uh, I was born in Israel of 1948, five weeks after the declaration of statehood, uh, there were uh, 700,000 Jews uh, in Israel, and barely, naturally, few who were born in Israel right. or in the former Eretz Israel or Palestine. I believe the percentage then was about 5 to 10%. I can also tell you that as a young physician in the 70s, most of my patients were Holocaust survivors with a number tattooed on their hand. You couldn't practice medicine without understanding uh, Yiddish. Mm. 70 years later, or 69 and a half years later, it's completely changed. I, my guesstimate is that uh, about 60% of our staff are Israeli born, but wow. I can also tell you that most of the senior staff uh, at least spent, including myself, two years in this country. You probably know that the most sought-after medical title in Israel is GIA, given in America. <laughs> and uh, we have to express Akarata Tov to this country because we are all graduates of distinguished universities. We brought the research to Israel. I spent two years at Yale University right. 30 years ago where I did my gastroenterology fellow. And I cannot think of a senior physician, head of department in Sharet Tzedek, who did not spend a year or two or three in this country Many of them are American Olim who came to Israel in the last uh, two or three decades. Uh, when Obamacare started in this country, I interviewed uh, more, some of them through Nefesh Benefesh, yeah. who we met last year. Yeah. I interviewed more physicians who are coming to Israel. And most of the physicians who come to Israel prefer to live in Jerusalem or in Ranana. So we benefit, although we have a sub-dominance among our staff today, we benefit from the United States of America and from the Jews of this country tremendously. A young man or woman in Israel who wants to be a doctor would go through a similar training and schooling that you went through, or it's very different right now? Well, medicine is very different. Medicine is very different. We memorize everything. Today, we educate our medical students how to approach the huge data how to approach the patient, the educated customer, the educated patient who comes to uh, the physician already knowing, although it's unfiltered data from the Internet. So medical schools are completely different than 45, 50 years ago when I was in uh, medical school. I must say that the students, I believe, more talented to be accepted to one of the five Israeli medical schools today. You have to have a maximal MCAT and final exams in high school, and also personality tests. One of 20 is accepted. This was the situation when I was a medical student, so this is the same. But the contents is completely different. My only wish is that in this digital era of medicine, well, each and every one of us within a few years will have all his personal medical data on his cellular phone where we will be able to put the phone on our chest and receive immediately an echocardiogram, an interpreted, echo, not only electrocardiogram, but echocardiogram, 
and that in this digital era, the future doctors, and in Shari Tzedek, we put a lot of emphasis on that when we train our medical students from the Hebrew University Medical School. The doctor-patient relationship will not be affected because today you can diagnose a patient without seeing him, without examining him, but looking at the patient, exchanging um, conversation with the patient, looking at his smile, the way he or she shake your hands has an utmost importance in order to understand the patient better, to diagnose him better, and to lead to cure. So our main goal in medical schools and postgraduate training today is to keep the human touch, to keep the personal doctor-patient relationship despite the technology that enable you um, to do almost everything without exchanging a word with patients. And also a patient deserves to receive bad news in a proper manner and deserves to receive good news in a proper manner. That's for sure. We live in an era of autonomy of patients. I can tell you that in our medical school, we have a course called the course for Psoramara, mm. a bit bitter news to the patient, how to deliver it, how to adjust it, to match it to the patient personality, uh, how to exchange these uh, words uh, with the patient. And uh, of course, Psorotovot, uh, good news are uh, easier to tell. and We are always anxious to do it, but some physicians have problems discussing bad news with the patient, and even this is being taught in medical schools today. Unbelievable. Uh, Professor Yonatan Alevi, Director General, Shari Tzedek Medical Center, incredible things happening there as uh, he leads them uh, in his 30th year as Director General. Information about all of this acsz.org acsz.org for American Committee for Shari Tzedek and Mazal Tov to all the honorees at last night's Heart of Jerusalem dinner as I mentioned earlier it was uh, an incredible uh, an incredible get together to see every segment of the Jewish world be represented at the dinner last night at Shari Tzedek I think is emblematic of the type of support and enthusiasm that Shari Tzedek enjoys from this country, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of wonderful people are really committed to the cause, and I know that you appreciate that greatly. Thank Rosh you very Hashem. much. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. I thank you for that. Show. I hope to see you again in Jerusalem. Only in good health. Bezrat Hashem. Yes, only in good health is right. Professor Yonatan Alevi, a very special guest for a Thursday morning broadcast as we continue at JM in the AM. <laughs> <laughs> 